Um, it's lovely. Much of what I'm going to say, I think, has already been said in prayers and in sharing and in the songs, really. Um, but I'm going to say it anyway, so you can hear it again. <laughs> it's good to see you tonight. It's good to gather together. Just before I read God's word, um, let's pray once more. Lord, as we come now to your written word, we pray that you would speak to us through your living word, that you would speak to our hearts, that we would hear your truth, we would meet with Jesus once more. For we ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. Let me read some words from Jeremiah 17. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a land, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. And never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We bring up the PowerPoint. Is it a bit too dark in here? You're right. Are um, you going to fall asleep? Does it feel like I should read a bedtime story (laughs) I'll try and keep you awake pray God speaks to us tonight again I don't know if you've noticed some of you will be on social media lots some of you won't be is this one working John Um, but inspirational life quotes are actually everywhere at the moment they are hugely popular Seemingly profound insights into how to live a better life are basically flooding social media and have done for many years now, or several years. Things like this. Dare to live your best life now. And start visualising what you want, then say no to anything that isn't it. It's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> Would you like some cheese on toast? No, no, I want a burger. I don't know what they mean by that one. Life, live it to the full. Mm, It's an interesting one. I was reading an article actually this week that inspired some of my thinking and kind of joined with my thinking from something else that I felt the Lord saying earlier in the week. Um, And this article was reflecting on the fact that right now in our culture, all across our nation, And probably across the Western world, when it comes to social media, there seems to be a generation of people desperately searching 
for how they can live a life that's more exciting, more fulfilling, more daring, more spontaneous. Facebook, Instagram, they're crammed full of beautiful pictures. You know, the ones of people laughing and eating exquisite food, hiking and skydiving with living life to the full tagged on it. And they've all got perfect sunsets in the background and everyone's smiling, with beautiful faces and lovely teeth. And in between these photos, don't look at mine. And in between these photos are these inspirational quotes that people are living by, which speak of dropping the mundane, believing in yourself, living life to the full. Here's one. You'll like this one. And please, this is not what I'm saying. Buy the plane ticket. Quit the job. Plan the trip. Wander into the unknown. Open your heart. Take the leap. (laughs) It's all emotionally powerful stuff, isn't it? You really go, maybe I should. But what is it that this generation's actually looking for? What is it that so many of us are trying to leap towards, or I reckon more likely leap away from? What is it And why is it that so many of us are so quick to absorb and share these pseudo-profound life tips and then feel like such a failure when we actually fail to live up to them because we actually just sit at home eating a biscuit and having a cup of tea? Well, if we're honest, life is genuinely difficult sometimes. And life is also, at times, it can feel very mundane. There are seasons that are painful, And there are seasons that are genuinely dull. And sometimes it can feel genuinely disappointing, I think. The mundanity of chores and work and responsibilities and routine can seem far from what we hoped life might be and certainly far from the wild and free life that everyone else seems to be living and posting online. And so we seem to be at a stage in our culture where huge numbers of people are unsatisfied with their own lives and they desire a different one. They desire more and this dissatisfaction only grows as they look online at the exciting photos and these inspirational quotes that tell us to reach out and grasp a better life for ourselves. And so it is. Many people, I think, are seeking more at the moment. They feel there must be more out there. Indeed, the very words of the article I was reading actually use the phrase, and this is an interesting one, life in all its fullness. I can't tell if there's two L's in fullness. What do you think? You think that's correct? That's British, thank you. Yes, that's a British version. But you've probably heard that phrase before, haven't you? Interesting, right? Interesting. What fascinates me most about this is it's not something new, actually. It's a human yearning that Jesus both recognised and he actually spoke into. The thief comes to kill and steal and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. John 10.10, one of my most favourite Bible verses. Now, 2,000 years ago, I have no doubt people were just barely struggling to live and work and feed themselves to not think that they earned or deserved a life that was easy and carefree and full of bungee jumping. I don't think that's what people were thinking of back then. 
But they were still searching for something. You see it when the crowds go and see Jesus in huge droves. They're out there because they desire something more. There's a hunger in them that life might be different and they come and listen to this great teacher because they want more in life. They know something's missing. So in a sense, it was something quite different to what people are yearning for today. But in some ways, it was the same, or at least part of it was the same, this yearning for more. But the trouble is, these pseudo-inspirational life quotes that flood social media are actually pseudo-profound nonsense, really. In short, they suggest your life shouldn't be hard or ever boring, and if it is, it's your fault. Rely on yourself and go chase your dreams. It sounds great, and yes, it can kind of stir us when we read them, but it's actually totally bogus. It's a load of rubbish. What they actually do, these quotes, is put an immense amount of pressure on us all to chase a total fallacy, a complete lie. Yet when Jesus speaks these words, he offers a deeply rooted truth that can be profound and have a lasting impact on anybody's life who truly understands what he's saying and responds to him. I don't know how you feel right now about where you're at in life, but tonight I wanted to briefly touch... And I mean really briefly, because these are just shorter reflections at Freedom. But on just three common lies, which I think are popular in this kind of inspirational quote culture we've got. And they're easy to believe about how we should actually be living better lives and living life fully. Instead, I want to counter them tonight with this beautiful image I read about in Jeremiah from God's Word. And I want to unashamedly bring some genuinely true inspirational life quotes straight from Jesus himself. I want to say, I see your life, quote. I'll raise your life, quote, with a Jesus inspirational life, quote. Because he's true, and he's real, and what he offers is life-changing. So the first thing that these quotes really are telling us is they're telling you that life in all its fullness is always spontaneous and wild, right? It's about getting on the plane and seeing where it ends up, seeing where it lands, But of course, it actually fails to take into account that the reality of our responsibilities, our work, our children, our finances. Yet still the pressure's piled on to say that unless we're having loads of crazy experiences, wild parties, trips abroad, abroad, impromptu skydives, you know the ones, we're all missing out. And unless we're posting images of this kind of life online, then we're failing somehow. One of the psychologists in the article said this, social media seems to define living fully as being adventurous, spontaneous and extroverted. For people who are fulfilled by a quieter life, social media seems to tell them that they're living life the wrong way. And another one said, uh, this is a counsellor to millennials, so to this generation, we're eager to live our lives fully, she says, yet the pressure to prove this to our friends is a major reason why we're not. We're actually put under immense pressure to live a totally unrealistic life of wild spontaneity and then even more pressure to prove to everyone that we're doing it. And yet this beautiful image from scripture of this tree by the water, it redresses this pressure. It's an image of the source of real life, 
of real life in all its fullness. And notice, it's not a frantic image. It's not a passionate image. It's not a crazy image. It's a peaceful, faithful, gentle, beautiful image of a life rooted well and drinking deeply from God. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, the scripture says, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Picture's not an extreme one, but a beautiful one, a profound one, a refreshing one. Not one of relentless pressure to succeed and excel and be crazy happy all the time, but one of knowing the constant peace of being rooted in him and drinking deeply from his streams of grace and love and presence each day, every season, all life long. It's an image of a life rooted and faithful. doesn't mean that life will ever be busy or crazy or risky. doesn't mean that it's a life without freedom or joy. Quite the opposite. But fundamentally, it's an image of a life not lived out of pressure, but out of rest. This is life in all its fullness. It's an image which foreshadows the great call of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Second lie, and I'll whiz through this one, is that we end up chasing that is this, it's not only that life should be wild and spontaneous, but it should never be difficult. It should be perfect and trouble-free. Create, I love this one, here's a, here's a quote, create a life you don't need a vacation from. Just let that sink in. <laughs> oh, man. Really? Go live on the Bahamas and drink cocktails all day. <laughs> man. Oh. Drives you mad. But the idea is that life's going to be amazing always. It's going to be like that feeling of sitting on the sand and drinking the cocktail. And if it's difficult or challenging or painful or hard ever, then you're clearly doing something wrong. And yet when we turn back to our picture tonight, we see that the seasons of heat and struggle do come. And yet we read that the tree does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves remain green it has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit friends times of tragedy and failure of pain even suffering may come and do come to us as christians we're not immune yet the image here is of a tree which faces the changes in seasons the beautiful and the difficult, the refreshing rain, and the scorching heat and drought. And yet it speaks of a source of constancy, I love this, which nourishes and feeds the tree throughout. It speaks of the tree being rooted in a water which is always fresh, always flowing. A stream that is always available, a water which nourishes, quenches, refreshes, feeds, sustains, That water is the unlimited resource that we find in a relationship with Father God through Jesus, filled with his Holy Spirit within us. And friends, we may falter and fail at times. In fact, we will. And maybe you feel 
like that's what life's like for you right now. Seasons may become tough and difficult. Indeed, they will at times. But God's constant resources of peace and love, of comfort and hope, never fail, ever fail. And because of this, the tree does not need to lurch frantically from one season to another in fear and anxiety as to how it's going to keep going left and right and bounce and unsure and what. But it can be totally assured, no matter what's happening, that it's rooted and safe and secure. I'm not saying this tritely. This is the truth of being in a relationship with Jesus, of being rooted in him. And in fact, interestingly, even more than this, the image says that just as Jesus promised us, the tree's still going to bear fruit in those seasons, no matter what is going on, as long as we are rooted in him. It's same, the same is true for me and you. Fruit that we bear right now may not be everything you hoped for. It may not be the biggest and most exciting bounty of fruit ever, but a life that has roots deep in the waters is a life which will produce God's fruit in season and every season. Why? Because of what we were talking about earlier and singing about. Because his faithfulness never fails. He is faithful in and each and every season. The constancy of the water never fails, never runs dry, never lets you down. This is life in all its fullness. I don't know, friends, what season you're in right now. And I don't say this lightly, but hear it from the Lord. Do not be anxious. If you love Jesus, then you are rooted in him. Instead, drink deeply again from God tonight. Drink deeply from God in this season. For you're drawing from the one who will never fail you, even in the hardest times of all. It's an image which foreshadows, here you go, struggles but fruitful. It foreshadows Jesus. Great saying when he said this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I love this, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And the last one, this final lie in this modern inspirational stuff that's going around everywhere, is perhaps, I think, the biggest lie of all, and it's this. And believe it or not, this is a quote from a Christian book. And I think some of this book's probably good, but this is a direct quote. You, and only you, are ultimately responsible for who you become and how happy you are. The answer is found in you. And the reason why this one's so believable because it taps into something that's almost true. There is some truth here that it's tapping into. The heart attitude that we bring in life does make a huge difference. We can choose to wallow in self-pity or unforgiveness rather than strive for new possibilities and forgiveness. We can choose to believe negativity and lies rather than hope and truth. This is true. The Lord speaks of having our minds renewed, the way we think, the way we approach, the way we believe and trust and strive. 
But the lie that says that you and you only are in charge is exactly that. It's a big fat lie. It's simply not true that life in all its fullness comes from our own determination alone. (laughs) What tree can stand on its own? I don't know if you're a good gardener or not. I'm just thinking how bad I am. I really want to be a good gardener. I'm really, really not. Um, I have this beautiful tree that we bought. It was 40 whole pounds. That's quite a lot of money, I think, for a tree. It was a standard, and it's a beautiful flowering cherry tree that sort of goes up like this. And it's gorgeous, but it's in a pot. And I intend to plant it. The trouble is I've intended to plant it for a year. And it sat in his pot. And it dropped all of its leaves It had quite a few leaves until I realised it was really, really dry. And then I blasted it with water. And then it dropped all of its leaves. I don't know know what I did wrong. I thought, this will be fine. It will love this. And then the next day, all the leaves were on the floor. I was like, oh. But it went again. And it sprouted them again. And it's really struggling hard. But what it tells you is that no tree by its own determination sat in a dry pot can get anywhere. It can't grow leaves, it can't be fruitful. It needs to be rooted and it needs a source, a consistent, a faithful source of water. Not me. (laughs) Not me and my hose, whenever I remember. That's not a faithful source of water. Friends, our passage gives us this beautiful picture of the tree rooted in water and bearing fruit in each season, and then it immediately says in contrast, listen, it's so strange that these words come after that picture, but it makes so much sense. The heart is deceitful above all things, and beyond cure, who can understand it? It's basically saying, don't look here for the answer to yourself, but look to him. You see, you're not the one to trust and turn to if you're really looking for life in all its fullness. Life in its fullness is found only in Jesus. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the author, the perfecter of our faith. The Bible teaches that beautiful, gifted, talented, loved as we are, our hearts are deceitful. The image of the tree which does not stand on its own efforts is given, but rather a tree that depends on the source of life that flows abundantly before it and whose roots stretch out to drink from it, in season, out of season, each season. It's an image of a tree whose roots are strong and sure, not so it can be proud in itself, but so that it can drink deeply from the water that sustains. It's an image of life in all its fullness that reminds us it's found in him and not in us, and reminds us of the great and beautiful saying of Jesus, the profound and life-changing truth when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So friends, I want to finish there, but I want to say to you tonight, it's okay to be looking for life in all its fullness. Indeed, Jesus recognised that. He longs for us to know it. Yet there's something far, and hear these words, something far deeper and more profound than just take a risk. And that's remain faithful. There's something far deeper and more profound than drop what you don't like in pursuit of your best life. And that's surrender everything to him and know true life. And there's something far deeper and more profound than trust in your heart 
And that's trust in him. If you love Jesus, I want to say to you again tonight, you are rooted in him. The image was of a tree stretching out its roots to go deeper into the water. So don't turn to your own heart, to your own ways, the ways of this world, as Sharon prayed. Instead, take the opportunity again tonight to come back in simplicity and faith to Jesus, to him. Put down your roots deeper and further and drink deeply from the waters tonight. Drink deeply of God for this season that you are in, whatever it might be. For the life you're looking for is found in him, in relationship, faithful and true with Jesus. Doesn't mean the life will be easy. Doesn't mean life in all its fullness won't have its difficulties. Sometimes it will be crazy. Sometimes it will be busy. Sometimes it will be disappointing or difficult. Yet rooted in Jesus, your leaves will not fall and you will bear fruit. We finish with this scripture from Colossians 2. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it, no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Amen.